Welcome into the Saturday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am joined by the one and only Seth Galina, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy behind the PFF College Football Podcast. He gets a number of great guests. I think he had Alex Kirshner on here later uh, previously this week. He had James Laronitis last week. Gets a lot of great guests on his college football podcast. Uh, You know, kind of discusses the finer points, not necessarily just betting. uh, Does a lot of deeper analysis into how these teams uh, and schemes are kind of performing, so I definitely value a lot of his work. Work, Seth. How are you doing today? I'm doing uh, fantastic. Excited to watch all these uh, all these championship games while well, having maybe the NFL game on, on on my laptop too. Yeah, yeah. You got to have you know college football on the main screen, maybe some NFL on the second screen. That's definitely how we do things here on the Saturday college football uh, PFF Daily Betting Podcast. So I got to ask you. I know you kind of um, kind of you do pretty well. It seems like you kind of bridge the film and analytics gap really well. I do think you have a lot of unique and interesting, you know, schematic changes um, that you kind of bring to the table. I think you also made Big Nickel famous, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I'm wondering No how, comment. No, no comment whatsoever. Uh, I'm wondering are there any things that you would kind of look for or notice at the beginning or, you know, early portion of a game that you think would be potentially beneficial from like a live betting perspective on how you actually think that game is going to play out? So I, I noticed this a few weeks ago in the Saints 49ers game. Um, must be, it was the, the game that Drew Brees got injured. So we're talking about like a month ago now. And so the, the 49ers had gone down the field and maybe took a 14 nothing lead or a 10 nothing lead on the Saints. But so much of it was uh, third down and longs and they were converting against the Saints defense. And I, I mean, I don't know if this is not necessarily a scheme thing, but I, I was sitting there thinking, they can't just do this the whole game. Right. Like you can't just live in, live in a third and long world and convert every time. And then what ended up happening is the Saints, the Saints offense woke up, uh, you know, somewhere in the second quarter or maybe late in the first quarter. And the, you know, the, and then the defense uh, wasn't allowing these third and longs and then and they shut them out for for most of the rest of the game. So like it, it, it hit me then. I was like, oh, that I think that's something to look for. Um, you know, if a team is is moving the ball, is scoring points like the 49ers were in that first quarter, but they're doing it because they're calling a third and eight screen pass and it's going for eleven yes. yards or, or or whatever's happening, a third and long DPI or whatever it could be. Um, so I was th- I thinking that that um, is something that I look for. Um, early yeah. in a game uh, because it was so to me in that game specifically it was so obvious the Saints were going to come back I mean I am a Saints fan so maybe I'm a little bit biased but like it, it to me it felt very obvious that the Saints were going to come back because they could you know the, the 49ers couldn't actually do anything on on the important downs you know first and second down yeah I do like that Alex I mean obviously we know you know third down performance is really unstable so if there are some things that are occurring at the beginning of a game um, that may not be necessarily stable going forward even within that game it could definitely be a spot to capitalize on is there any seat like things that you would be looking for maybe specifically in like quarterback play where you're like you know Drew Locke man he just looks on today or something like that or there just like some throws that maybe he would make early in the game or some th- reads of things like that that you would see um, that you think that could potentially highlight you know he might have an above average performance relative to what we would normally expect from a guy like Drew Locke or you know anybody in general at the NFL or college football level well, so I, is, uh, I'm really sorry to your listeners because I'm the worst at thinking, <laughs> I'm, like, 
you know, the Kyle will go down the field and make a couple throws, and I'm like, it's over, game over. There's going 50 <laughs> points tonight, and that and <laughs> never uh, it gets proven true. So like, I'm I'm very much a um, I, I, I uh, yeah, I get overexcited when when I see things happen like that. I don't know. That's a good that's a, that's a good question. I think you know, playing in, with rhythm and timing is always something you want to look for early in the game because you you don't want to get into this time you know timing is so important for quarterbacks that you don't want to find it later uh in the game there's not enough snaps right, right? right. you got to be able to play from 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 the first snap of the game so i think just getting the ball out i think if you want to get really into specifics you can talk about getting the ball out after one hitch so the quarterback will take his drop back you know coming uh, you know away from the center away from the line of scrimmage and you want to get the ball out either when you hit the last step of your drop or you take one hitch step forward and i think th- that is something you can look for and say hey we're, we're getting you know if you're looking at a certain team hey the quarterback is getting the ball out uh and on time and then obviously the second part is you know being accurate, accurate with the football yeah. <laughs> so those two things i think are the main things you want to look for early in the game yeah, I love that. I mean, that is some really good advice to look for. So I know you wrote an article, uh, you know, despite LSU loss, Florida still has uh, potentially is equipped to keep pace with Alabama. I'm wondering, what do you think about this game coming up here today? Do you think Florida is going to be able to keep pace? If you were going to lay some money down, would you be taking the over 74.5 at this point in time? Are we going to see basically an offensive shootout between the two top two teams in the SEC? I'm thinking it's going to resemble LSU Alabama last year. So yeah, I think the over really could hit. I also would I think the the line is 17 or somewhere around there. I would yeah. definitely look at, you know, taking Florida on that side because, you know, like the thing my thing with the LSU game was, sorry, the the LSU Florida game was well, what happened in that game? Uh Florida uh moved the football. They had 600 yards and their defense couldn't stop anybody. Well, that's what's happened the whole year. So I'm not sure the LSU game did anything different to, to sway me in either direction. The, the difference was Kyle Trask made a key mistake early in the game on the pick six. They got an unbelievably lucky, uh, uh, LSU got an unbelievably lucky interception. And then, and then the shoe throwing happened. Right. So that's like two unbelievably fluky plays to uh to to lose you the game if you're florida when they were by far the better team i think bill Connolly had the, had this game in his post game win expectancy at the lowest of the season it was like a one percent or even lower than one percent you know given all the stats in the game that florida would win and and, and that florida would lose and they lost yeah. so i don't think anything really changes i think florida does a lot of similar stuff that lsu 2019 did and we saw how much that gave Alabama trouble biggest difference look the biggest difference is at the quarterback position but not even in terms of throwing the ball down the field because Kyle Trask has been like no one's no one's ever going to be Joe Burrow 2019 but Kyle Trask has been throwing the ball down the field uh better than he ever has in his life uh he gets the ball to the right receiver the biggest difference might be his lack of uh, playmaking ability with his legs. And we saw that time and time again from Joe Burrow uh, making plays with his legs when they would go to these empty formations, allow a free rusher, and Joe Burrow would still make a play. Yeah. Florida's going to go to these empty formations, allow a free rusher. Can Kyle Trask make a play? 
I that that's where I'm not so sure. But other than that, I think this really does look like um, the Florida, the the LSU Alabama game from last year. So I think it really could be high scoring. Yep, which is good. Which is good. I actually wrote up the over seventy four and a half. Um, you did say seventeen points for Alabama. Uh, Greenland doesn't have too strong of a lean on Florida, but Florida basically went from. 14-point underdogs to 17-point underdogs. I do think there's probably some recency bias with them losing to LSU last week. So they could maybe be a viable spot. Unfortunately, Greenland doesn't really find it. But if I was betting on the spread, I would definitely lean towards Florida. Over under, I definitely like over 74 and a half. I think we're going to see some fireworks coming up here on Saturday. So we'll see. Is there any other? Subscribe to PFF's Elite Annual Subscription using promo code ACTION to receive a year of Elite Subscription Access and one year of Action Pro Subscription Access for just $200. Action Pro is Action Network's premium subscription offering tailor-made to make avid and new bettors better. This is a limited time offer that is currently only made available now through the Super Bowl, February 7th, 2020. This offer also only applies to first-time elite annual subscribers. Is there any other you know games that you're really looking forward to here from uh, tomorrow from either like a betting or just general interest perspective uh, coming up here in conference championship week, Seth? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually really interested in the Big 12 title game. Uh, I, I don't think either of these teams make the playoffs, unfortunately. But I think, it, you know, this game, Iowa State versus Oklahoma, came down to uh, the last possession uh, in week three or, or uh, week early in the season, at least. So I'm excited to see that again. Two evenly matched teams. I think Oklahoma is the better team. But with that said, Iowa State's been playing really good football uh, the last few weeks. And and they look they are six in, in the in the rankings and and maybe there is a shot that one that Iowa State gets in, but um, I think it could be a really good game and I think it's a really a, a proven game for you know Iowa State Brock Purdy uh, their quarterback Brock Purdy because he didn't he was the uh, uh, Big 12's uh, first team quarterback doesn't really grade as well as that on in 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 the, in the PFF system right but. Um, so I think, yeah, in that, in that sense, I think it's a prove a game for him to say, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I've kind of, whatever was wrong with me in 2019 and the first half of 2020, I figured it out and I'm playing good football now against, honestly, a really good defense in, in Oklahoma. Yeah, which we haven't been able to say, you know, relatively yeah. recently, which is kind of interesting. I know I was pretty high on Brock Purdy, even when he was, you know, a true freshman. I did think that he was going to be potentially the best quarterback to come out of this class. Obviously, he hasn't really lived up to that billing lately. So I'm kind of wondering, uh, how are you evaluating basically the guys that we currently have in college? Of course, we have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. But I think there's like uh, this next level group after those two. I'm wondering, is there any one of those guys that are kind of emerging for you as maybe your favorite pros prospect coming up here in 2020? one that you know the Jets and the Jaguars aren't necessarily going to snag at the top of the draft well I mean, the first thing I'll say is how much I love Justin Fields right uh so I I'm not ready to say he's he's you know him and Lawrence are QB 1A QB 1B I still think he's probably QB 2 but that's just how much I like him uh but other than those guys I, I obviously I don't like 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 the, like the rest of the world love Zach Wilson I think he plays the game with such a uh, he's got a nice swagger to his game. He can throw the ball a mile on the run. You know, accuracy on the run out, out of the pocket uh, has been great this year. The style of play, you know, that BYU is running this year uh, is very translatable. You see a lot of these NFL teams running these this, you know, call it like wide zone play action offense. He's he he's doing it in college. Not a lot of guys are doing it in college. There's only a 
you know, uh, like a ten about ten teams who are who are running that type of offense in in, in Division One. He's doing that. He goes to a team like 49ers, let's say. Right. You know, that would be a great fit for him or, or stuff like that. So I like him. Uh, I haven't watched as much Trey Lance, um, but obviously the athletic ability is there. And I, and I really like Mac Jones. I think he's been super accurate with the football. He doesn't make mistakes. Uh, his PFF grade has, has, has been super high each game. There's, each game, there's no um, – uh, he doesn't slip below 78 PFF grade for one game this year. Um, and he has a little bit of – little bit of you know, jump to his to his to his game in terms of right. him being able to make some plays outside the pocket. I mean, he's not, uh, you know, he's not Trevor Lawrence in that regard, where you can actually run a, a, an offense around, um, you know, quarterback running concepts. But he's been super accurate with the ball, hasn't made any mistakes, and uh, gets a little bit of juice there. Yeah, definitely. I like that. I actually had a take early this season. I said, Mac Jones is the 2020 version of Joe Burrow. I don't know if he's quite lived up to that hype. I don't think he's necessarily going to win the Heisman, but I do think Alabama is probably the front runner for the college football playoffs at this point in time. So, you know, you never know what is actually going to happen. I got to ask, so what what would be your ideal or perfect uh, top four in the playing in the college football playoff? And who would you kind of want to see matched up between those top four teams if you could choose at this point in time? Uh, well, I put LSU in number one because they deserve <laughs> That's it. That's not allowed, though. <laughs> uh, I, I, look, in my perfect world, Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina are getting in, but I know that's okay. not going to happen. Uh, so I, I think at this point, any of the uh, any of the combinations that, that really could happen, I'm, I'm into. I would love to see Clemson play Ohio State again and get a rematch with uh, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. I think that'd be yeah. great. Notre Dame playing Alabama would be big because I think it would, you know, should Notre Dame is not the team that that was trounced by Alabama, uh, it, what seven years ago, and and I guess trounced by Clemson in the playoffs uh, a few years ago. I think this would be a really good prove it game for Notre Dame if they had to go and play Alabama. And look, I don't know, I don't know if it'd be pretty because Alabama is that good, like you said. But I think um, I think for Notre Dame could probably hang with them a little bit. Yeah. So if you were forced to bet, who, what who are, what one of the top four teams are you choosing or picking at their current odds to win the national championship? Do you have the odds for me? I can uh, I can get them up here. So basically, uh, Alabama's a heavy favorite at this point in time. I, yeah. uh, I can tell you actually, I had it early. This is from early in the week. Alabama has a fifty six percent implied chance to win the national championship. Clemson's at 28.6%, Ohio State's at 16.7%, and then Notre Dame's at 11.1%. Basically, everyone else is like below 2%. You got the Texas A&M's, Iowa State, Florida, those types of people. So Alabama's definitely like the heavy favorite. I think they're like minus 130, um, minus 140 even in certain spots. So I don't think they're necessarily the correct play. Right. Um, I think that I definitely think this t- Alabama to me looks like they are going to win the college football national championship. With that said, I probably would go with Ohio State. Yeah. Because, you know, one of their problems this year, on like they can score like the, the Justin Fields, um, those two receivers, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, they could they could score on anybody. I don't think that'd be a problem. I think the O line's good enough. Um, to keep him upright, I think they'll be able to score. The the issue with with Ohio State is going to be on defense. You know, you lose all those pieces um, from in, into the draft, into the twenty twenty draft, and it's like, well, who? How do, how can you play the style of defense that Iowa State that Ohio State wants to play, which is a lot of man to man, cover three and, and cover one. So 
you know, you're leaving your corners out on islands. You're saying, hey, we can get tested one on one on the outside. Well, the, the thing is, how many teams we we know in the in the in the Big Ten, no one can really test them. The two teams that have tested them, Indiana and Penn State, uh, on the outside, caught a few jump balls one on one. Absolutely, yeah. they made some plays. Uh, Freifogel and Dotson made some plays, but it didn't really hurt. Um, it didn't really hurt Ohio State that much. They're, they're, they allowed some points against Indiana, but it was all busted coverages. Like just, it was it was rough. And if they can figure that out, they'll be fine. Clemson doesn't come in with with a great slew of wide receivers that we're used to. Right. Notre Dame doesn't come in with a great slew of wide receivers that we're used to. So if you can get one of those two in a semifinal, and then and then make it a shootout against Alabama in in a final. Obviously, Alabama comes in with receivers. Don't get me wrong. Right. But um, if you can make it a shootout with them, you might have the better quarterback. You know, with Justin Fields versus Mac Jones, you probably do have the better quarterback. So, you know, then we're just talking about one-game situation. And then I, I think Ohio State um, would be my play if I were a betting man. Yep, definitely. I like that synopsis. Ohio State plus 340 right now um, on most major sports books. So if they win, you know, that semifinal matchup, I don't think they're going to be that bad on the money line in the national championship against Alabama. So I definitely like that play. I think I'm going to be locking it in as a betting man. Seth, I appreciate it. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Definitely check out Seth Galina on the PFF College Football Podcast. Make sure you read his articles. Uh, you're definitely going to get a lot smarter and learn more about the football game in general. So I appreciate you guys all listening in. This is once again Ben Brown on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Thank you.